Welcome to the Tax Sell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimon. I'm a tax sell veteran, the leading tax sell expert. I am the author of the Tax Sell Playbook. I'm the founder of the Tax Sell Academy, and I am your host right here on the Tax Sell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. As a reminder, we provide this podcast completely free because of the Tax Sell Academy. If you are looking to learn more about investing in tax default real estate, just head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com. Again, that's TaxSellAcademy.com. All right, today we'll be discussing the digital investor. Now, to many investors, this is a rather progressive way of thinking. To others, it is undoubtedly the future. And we've discussed this a little bit in the past, but we're going to kind of lay out the framework in today's episode. Now, over the past decade, more and more investors have been turning online to get started in the tax sell business. And not just from a learning sense, not just learning from folks like myself, but obviously my academy, my training videos, everything else I produce are going to be found online, right? But I'm talking about actually investing in real estate. Investing in real estate online, mainly or online solely perhaps. In years past, real estate was always considered an asset that should be local to you. Investing online seemed foolish. I remember my very first real estate teacher told me, real estate must be local to you, otherwise it just won't make sense. But the truth is, real estate investing from afar is no different than investing in stocks from afar. With the right approach, you can easily make it work. We are in a time where online investing will and should become the norm. That's right. I said it. It should be the norm. Not only is the entire world going this direction, but with recent events, this process is only going to speed everything up, right? I started investing out of area more than 15 years ago now. And I'm not talking about just the next county over. I'm talking about states that were on the other side of the country from me. I would travel there. I would spend months in cheap hotels, thousands of miles on the road, and then we started going online. And I'm happy to say that I was an early adapter of this, not because I was all that smart, just because I got sick of traveling so much. If something became available online, I would do everything in my power to start investing online because I didn't want to have to drive 15, 20, 30 hours to get to the area that I was going to be investing that month. So in today's episode, I want to lay out the framework for the digital textile investor. Just know that this is something I can spend hours and hours teaching on. And hopefully the few things that we discuss in this podcast will help you identify and begin working on key elements to digital tax sale investing. All right. Number one, research. That's going to be our first element that we discuss. The cool thing about this is that the internet provides a way to organize information very, very efficiently for the government. I can remember back in the early 2000s when I had to physically go into the property assessor's office to request certain documents. I would go to the desk. I would say, this is what I want. Some clerk would go back to the back and about 30 minutes later, she'd come out with that one piece of paper. It was an insanely tedious process. Those same records can now be pulled online within a matter of seconds if you understand how to properly utilize their systems. What you might not understand is that the records going online, transitioning from 
physical copies you can only access by walking into their office to the online version, right? That transition was just as much to benefit the government as it was to benefit the public. And I'm not talking about just the property assessor's records, but this can also refer to just about every other department in most counties. Building departments, code enforcement, zoning, GIS, tax collectors, anyone that has something relevant to the property that we're researching might just have it available online. A trip to the county office is not necessary in most areas. In most areas, we do have the ability to go online and research our properties now. Naturally, some areas are behind all the times where they might have small budgets, but the majority of the time, just go online. You can access what you need, including comparable sales data. It doesn't matter if you're local to the property or if you live 10 states away. Odds are you will begin your research online. So, as part of investing online, your ability to leverage and utilize this information is paramount. Your ability to leverage online resources to research properties is the key. Learn how to utilize these resources, these county records that we have at our disposal with a few clicks of the mouse. Learn how to do that. If you can't do this, then you can't invest online. That brings us to the next element. You can likely get the most amount of your research done online, okay? You can use a property assessor's website, do your comparable sales, all that good stuff. But there are some things that we cannot determine just by looking at a computer screen. No matter how good we might be at the online research side of things, we might not be able to tell if a property is occupied right this very second. We might not be able to tell if a piece of property had a house on it that was burned down to the ground last week. We might not be able to tell if a piece of property has recently had a thousand old tires dumped on it. And yes, that has actually happened before. There's so much that we just can't tell looking at a computer screen that will make a huge difference to us as investors. The solution? Get local help. And how do we do that? Online, of course. Get somebody online that can help us. Now, that might be intimidating to some people, but it's truly not that intimidating. Usually, it's as simple as going to Craigslist and creating a quick advertisement asking for somebody to snap a few property photos, right? The investment should be very, very minimal. I've had locals help me before for as little as $5. Now, usually I feel bad and I give them like 10 or 15 bucks instead, but it is very, very cheap to get local people to do certain tasks. Now, obviously, you'll want to make everything as simple and as easy as possible. If you need property photos, yeah, tell them that. But also, send a map, send landmarks, send measurements, make it as easy as possible for them to find it. And then have a way to back up whatever they are doing, okay? Have a way to reference that yourself without telling them. So if you know a blue house is next door from something like Google Street View, ask them for a photo of the property showing the house next door. That way you can look at that photo, say, yep, that's the blue house that I see on Google Street View. Now you have a reference point to make sure they're at the right location. But locals can help us immensely as we invest out of area. Even still, the next element is risk. There is risk in investing. That's why it's called investing, of course. It's not called making money, right? There's a certain level of risk involved. Obviously, the best way to invest is to put your own two eyes on the property to make sure it is what you think it is. When that's not possible, hire a local like we discussed. When you do that, as helpful as it is, 
there is still some risk involved. And you must take that into consideration. I personally wouldn't spend $50,000 on somebody's word, right? Instead, I'd hop on a plane and I'd fly there. But some investors are more risk tolerant than I am, and maybe they would drop 50 grand on a property sight unseen. On a smaller scale to help mitigate risk, maybe you hire multiple locals to do the same exact stuff to confirm each other's findings. Of course, they don't know about the other person and you kind of verify it all yourself. This is something I've done multiple times. Understand that risk is part of the game. Online investing does slightly increase that risk level. Learn ways to reduce it as much as you possibly can. The next element is the actual purchase. During your research phase, you should have developed your maximum bid. And that should account for any expense and all risk involved in that property. And now it's time to bid on the property. This is the part that everybody thinks about, right? And truthfully, it's the easiest part of the entire process is bidding. In many counties, you'll be able to simply log into a website and place your bid online. Now, other counties are definitely working towards this and they'll be there in the future, I'm sure. But if you can't bid online directly, determine how you can bid. Sometimes, you send in an absentee bid or a mellow way bid process that you can take advantage of. It's important to understand the rules and their specific process, but most of the time, the bidding aspect, it's very, very easy. And the last element is gonna be selling. This is where you make your money, of course, right? And this is another one that people tend to struggle with. Buyers, they begin their research online. I'm not talking about just people who will use the property, like owner occupants buying a property to move into. I'm talking about investors as well, right? Something like 95% of all real estate buyers found their property online. So whether you're local or not, it's completely irrelevant to the fact when you go to sell that property. Learning to use the internet for marketing purposes is what separates the investors who make just a few bucks from the ones who are ultra successful. Your marketing efforts should be predominantly, if not solely, focused online. Take the time to learn about advertising online, about building websites perhaps, and more importantly, generating leads so you can sell properties. Learn what you need to do with your specific properties, what your buyer's expectations are. Put a lot of time and a lot of effort into this from day number one, and you'll quickly figure out the formula that leads to substantial, sustained growth in your tax sale business. So hopefully this episode has helped you understand the framework required for successfully investing in tax defaulted real estate. If you commit yourself to learning how to successfully perform each one of these key elements, you will see lots and lots of long-term online tax sale success. And again, those elements, they were research. You must understand how to research the properties, right? You must also be able to understand how to utilize that information, how to leverage that information. You must also understand that there are some things we can't get from online research, so we have to be able to hire local people. We also have to understand the risk behind investing online. Then they have the actual purchase, and then of course, the selling element. Get every single one of those elements down packed. Understand how to utilize the internet to leverage everything that's out there and you will truly see lots and lots of long-term sustained success as an online tax sale investor. I truly hope that this episode has helped you out. If so, please consider taking just a few seconds out of your day to leave us some positive feedback on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on today. And as always, 
If we can be of any help to you, we are ready to be of service. There are numerous links in today's show notes that can help you get started, including many that are completely free, as well as a link to the TaxSellAcademy.com. We can grab a free copy of my book, Tax Sell Playbook, if you cover that nominal shipping cost, or go to that same website, TaxSellAcademy.com, and become a member of the Academy and get access to our most detailed step-by-step training program that we offer. Guys, we'll see you next time on the Tax Sell Podcast. Take care and make it a successful day. See ya.